the hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, a recruiting edition of the podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, because there is a ton to discuss. The summer months are a busy couple of months on the recruiting trail. Not that there's ever a day off in recruiting, but June and July have become the new December, January, February uh, of, of the old days. So uh, Ryan and I wanted to get together and uh, do a recap of the month of a very busy June for Tennessee and preview another very busy month that will be July. And first, right off the bat, we're going to discuss a, a couple of guys who uh, have commitment dates set for this week. Uh, we've got the five-star edge rusher from Arizona and Elijah Rushing. Uh, we've got William Satterwhite. Uh, we've got Ronan O'Connell. Well, we've got guys ready to commit left and right, Ryan. Let, let's start with those three and, and kind of give us your thoughts on, on where Tennessee is at with, with those guys as as they look to make a decision this week. Yeah, there, there's – man, the 4th of July has always been a, a pretty popular time for commitments, especially since they added the uh, the spring window for official visits uh, that we talk about all the time uh, from April through June, and, and guys started working towards summer decisions even more so uh, about five years ago. but. But yeah, with, with in recent years, a lot of kids shoot for that Fourth of July date, and, and and we had heard last week that there was a possibility for 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 one or two guys that Tennessee was targeting to announce decisions around. Then Ronan O'Connell was one that I had heard pretty strongly was maybe going to be ready to announce a decision on the Fourth of July, and, and he announced Monday that is indeed his plan. He will announce at uh, two o'clock Eastern time Tuesday afternoon. And, uh, you know, everything we've heard over the past couple of days, and this one has been a bit of a shocker to, to even, I think some people close to Tennessee, um, suggest that Clemson is the favorite to land O'Connell at this point going into that announcement. We'll see if we hear anything different leading up to it. But the past couple of days, there's been some pretty strong Clemson buzz. And, and that was reflected, I think, in, uh, in the latest crystal ball pick that was made for him Monday morning, uh, by Evan Flood of our Wisconsin site. Uh, Wisconsin was kind of the third finalist in that one that hosted him on an official visit last month. And, and obviously he, uh, up in Wisconsin has heard the Clemson buzz as well. So certainly think, uh, certainly think that one has, has been a, a surprise, uh, the past couple of days, but, uh, Tennessee, it looked like for a long time was in good shape with him. They gave him his first power five offer back in February of 2022. They've hosted him on several visits. And, you know, I, I think. Some people, I, I was, I was kind of explaining this earlier on the, on the Good Balls 24 seven, uh, checkerboard. I, I think the, uh, I think a lot of people maybe underestimated the significance of the Clemson offer back in early April when, when he got that one. And, and my, my ears kind of perked up when I heard that he, that he got that offer at, at the time. I, I, I immediately, immediately thought that might be one that was at least a possible threat to Tennessee. And they always were. They were always kind of the main competition, but. He's not a born and raised Tennessee kid. He's originally from New Jersey, 
moved to Tennessee more than 10 years ago, but, and he's always liked Tennessee, but I, I thought he was also one of those kids who would be open to some other schools, potentially blowing him away. I think Tennessee was the favorite for a long time, but Clemson, I think that offer really got his attention and, and, and it looks like they're the favorite now to, to land him Tuesday afternoon. So, so we'll see if anything changes there down the stretch, but it looks like that's where that one is headed. Um, the one that has gotten really interesting the past week or so is Elijah rushing the five-star edge rusher from Arizona. Uh, even when he announced his decision date initially, and he will be announcing Thursday, uh, sometime shortly after five o'clock Eastern, uh, on 24 seven sports YouTube page during the, the college football recruiting show. So we will have that one covered for you, uh, on 24 seven sports YouTube page, which if you're not following it, definitely go give it a follow and, and, uh, and, and, Keep an eye on that page because they put out a lot of good content uh, on a regular basis with a lot of our national analysts, Steve Wiltfong and Andrew Ivins, and a lot of guys that do a good job with that uh, that coverage. But we'll have that one Thursday. And I, I, you know, the initial word after he set that date was that Cle- that Oregon was was still maybe the favorite to land him. And I and and as of this recording, I, I still would not rule out at all that he ends up at Oregon. I think that's that's very much uh, uh, still a possibility. But it's at least maybe gotten interesting over the past several days to the point that I'm not counting out Tennessee in that one. And, and my initial thought was was Oregon when he set that that commitment date. But it feels like it's a little more of a battle here down the stretch going into that one uh, on Thursday. And we'll see what we hear over the next few days. That's one that you'll definitely want to stay tuned to go Vols 24-7 this week to see kind of the latest developments on on that one. And this is the kind of the time of year. If you remember the Francis Malangoa commitment last year, you know, when he picked Miami over Tennessee, that one kind of shifted in the final days leading up to it. This is the time of year that things change one day to the next a lot of times. So uh, definitely keep an, uh, keep an eye on the side as we continue to track that one closely. And then Friday, uh, four-star offensive lineman William Satterwhite out of Ohio will be announcing his commitment. That one's another Tennessee-Clemson battle. And it, it's always looked like a you know, one of those situations where Tennessee might split O'Connell and Satterwhite with Clemson, but it was always thought that Tennessee might end up with O'Connell, Satterwhite might end up at Clemson. Um, but at different times over the past several weeks, I think Tennessee and Clemson have felt good about their chances. Here lately, you know I, what I've heard the last couple of days has suggested that he maybe Tennessee uh, is indeed the favorite to to land Satterwhite. Not ready at all to say that one's a done deal. You haven't seen any crystal ball picks on that one, probably for a reason. It's been a pretty close battle, but uh, I, I, I get the sense that there's at least a, uh, you know, still a 50-50 or better chance that, that Tennessee is the pick there, and uh, and there's at least some some cautious optimism maybe on, on Tennessee's end coming out of the uh, the, the past week uh, following his official visit to Knoxville the weekend of June 23rd. So those are the three that we're watching. Uh, over the next few days, we'll see if any more are added to the schedule. That's certainly possible. And I think we'll have several more probably uh, announcing throughout the month. We know Braylon Russell, the four-star running back, still announcing on July 14. And I'm sure some others will be scheduled in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, I want to stick with the theme of, of offensive line recruiting here off the, the top of the podcast because I, I think it's it's fascinating uh, where Tennessee currently sits, they, they've picked up some some nice commitments, uh, some players that that I really really like. I, I love Gage Ginther. I mean, I think he's going to be a, a war daddy uh, for Tennessee, and that's right. I called him a war daddy. Shout out to Cole Kublik. Um, But sticking with the offensive line recruitment, I, I've got a two parter for you, uh, Ryan. Obviously, that that's kind of good news and bad news. That that's what you just shared 
uh, with Ronan O'Connell and, and William Satterwhite. Do, do you want the good news first? Or you want the bad news first? Uh, that, that's what we <laughs> just gave you there. Uh, but I, I think Tennessee, not in terms of a commitment, but I think Tennessee's made up a lot of ground with a guy like Bennett Warren, uh, another offensive lineman. Uh, give us your thoughts on, on where Tennessee is at with, with Bennett Warren. That, that's the first part of my question. The second part is tackles. Tennessee lacks true tackles. Where do you think Tennessee stands at in terms of evaluating true tackles or or guys that they could uh, bring in that certainly fit that true true tackle mold? Could Bennett Warren be one of those guys? Yeah, I, I, really right now, I think all, kind of all eyes are on Bennett Warren in terms of adding another tackle to this class. That's why that visit uh, even though he was always, you know, sort of a wild card, as you looked at the list of scheduled visitors for the month of June, I'm sure a lot of Tennessee fans looked at that name and kind of, you know, either skipped past it or just assumed that was, you know, nothing more than a shot in the dark for Tennessee or, or, or not a great chance at least. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is he'd never been to campus before. He'd never been to Knoxville. They, they offered him back in January and he was always interested in visiting and he talked about them and in, in multiple interviews as a, as a place he wanted to visit, but he never made it there unofficially. And so it's hard sometimes when your first visit is, is an official visit. And not only that, but it's the final official visit after he'd already been to, to Michigan and to, to Oklahoma and to Texas A&M. That's a tough place to be needing to maybe make up some ground. But, you know, he talked about going into that visit, you know, the, the relationship was there. He, he had been talking with Glenn Ellerby and the, and the rest of the staff for, uh, for several months and and had a pretty strong relationship there. And there was reason to think that if the visit went well, the door was at least open for Tennessee. Well, I think it's even more open uh, than, than we probably thought going into the, to the weekend, uh, to that, to that weekend visit, because I think he came away really liking Tennessee. Uh, and the tough thing to read about that too. And this is why I think you maybe didn't hear initially just a ton of optimism about Tennessee's chances coming off that visit. Cause it was very clear. He was impressed when we spoke with him uh, after that visit, but he's also a kid who's, who tends to be very impressionable based on each visit. You know, I, I was kind of talking with some other guys that, that were, that, that had covered him closely throughout his recruitment. And that was, that was kind of the vibe about him is that he, he enjoys every visit. So the expectation was he's probably going to have a good time at Tennessee and, you know, the key will be how does he feel a few days after that, once the post-visit high has sort of worn off a little bit. And, you know, that's as we, as it's gone along, we've heard a little bit more and a little bit more talk about Tennessee. And the, the, the key that we heard last week is Michigan, which was thought to be the favorite for the past few months. Uh, and they've felt good about him since probably early April when he visited there for the first time. Michigan now might not be in the best shape with him. It sounds like it's maybe a little bit more between Tennessee and Texas A&M. Uh, and, and he is just down the road from Texas A&M, so don't count them out. But he's not a born and raised Texan, kind of a similar deal to Ronan O'Connell, where you know the home state school is a favorite uh, or one of the top contenders, but it's maybe not uh, a sure thing he ends up there. So I think Tennessee's made a big move there recently. We don't know yet exactly what his timeline is. He he could do something by the end of the month. He could wait until early August. If he does wait until early August, one factor is, does he take any more unofficial visits at the end of the month? That's always a possibility. But if he doesn't, and especially if he doesn't, I should say, this one's really interesting now. And I think Tennessee's got a legitimate chance. And that's not something I expected to say two weeks ago. So this has gotten really, really tight, I think, between Tennessee and Texas A&M. And we'll see where it goes. But uh, I think the Vols have a real shot. And it's kind of all in on him to add another tackle to this class, which already might have three tackles 
depending on where Jesse Perry and uh, Jeremiah's herd end up, uh, you know, they, they might already have three guys at that position, but to your point, they need kind of a high ceiling guy. And obviously people see the top 100 rating uh, uh, ranking next to Bennett Warren's name. So a lot of attention being paid to him now as he's kind of the last big name out there for Tennessee. It looks like at the tackle position. I, I want to go back and and ask you about Braylon Russell, the running back from Arkansas, uh, who is announcing on July 14th, his birthday. Uh, and I want to go back and talk about him specifically uh, before we hit a break and, and come back and recap Tennessee's last big official visit weekend at the end of June and, and then preview the month of July, uh, because July could be significant for Tennessee, as you alluded to. Uh, Edwin Spillman could make a mid-July decision. Uh, Mike Matthews, Amari Jefferson. There's a lot of big-time prospects that that we need to discuss on the other side of the break. But before we do discuss or take our break, uh, I do want to bring up Braylon Russell because I, I saw him at the airport. I was I was trying to catch him for an interview, uh, and we got him for about 30 seconds because he was late for his flight, and he and his entire family uh, were running for TSA to to their gate. Uh but in the midst of of seeing Braylon Russell, the the biggest takeaway I had from Braylon Russell Ryan wasn't anything that he said. Uh it was how he looked. And that that kid is an absolute beast. And the the thought that that guy can can pick him up and put him down and and can actually uh move it and has some some pretty good speed for his size, boy, would, would that be fun to watch on on a every Saturday basis. Uh, but I think if you're a Tennessee fan and, and where I'm going with this is uh, I think Tennessee's in, in a really good spot as they creep closer to his announcement date on the 14th. Seems like it's a, a Tennessee Arkansas battle. But if you could pair him with Peyton Lewis, who they're two polar opposite backs, but I mean, that would truly be thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning w- was kind of thrown out uh, when Jalen Hurd and Alvin Kamara were here, were here. But this would truly be thunder and lightning. And, and that would just be a terrific running back haul for Tennessee in this cycle if they can land Braylon Russell on the 14th. Yeah, that, that would be huge. And, and and before I get to that, I should throw in because I, I've seen some people talk about this one. This announcement date is out there, of course. But another one happening this week is four-star offensive lineman Daniel Calhoun out of out of Marietta, Georgia. We didn't talk about him right in the opening uh, because the the if as we reported on GoVols twenty four seven recently, the momentum seems to have shifted away from Tennessee in that one. There was maybe some 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 cautious optimism coming out of his official visit to Tennessee uh, more than two weeks ago. That has since faded, and and all the talk now is Georgia with maybe Texas, maybe maybe Alabama, but more so Texas probably being the main competition there. So really no reason to track that one closely. I, I think he's probably headed to Georgia, but but he's announcing on Wednesday and, and don't think Tennessee will be the pick there. So there are uh, four announcements coming up this week involving Tennessee targets, but um, re- really no need to watch the the Calhoun one as of right now. Um, yeah, Braylon Russell, though, that, that, that's a big one coming up on July 14 and, and Tennessee and Arkansas, as you said, probably the, the favorites there. I think he'll probably announce a top three at some point that if I had to guess will will be Tennessee, Arkansas, and South Carolina. He, he did take an official visit to South Carolina in, in early June. Also took an official visit to Baylor, but I think they were uh they were they were chasing there, uh trying to make up some ground. So it's it's gonna come down to the SEC schools. He's a former Arkansas commitment, so the thought has been all along that you know that the the relationship was was still there but it was it was sort of damaged maybe early on and and that things had to be 
you know, patched up a little bit. And, and, you know, I didn't rule out anything going into that Arkansas official visit uh, a few weeks ago, but it looked like Tennessee was even in the best shape going into that Arkansas visit. And we didn't hear a lot of Arkansas buzz coming out of that visit. So it seemed to set up well going into the Tennessee visit uh, a little more than a week ago and coming off that visit. I certainly think Tennessee was in pretty good shape. You know, now it's a matter of can they can they hold on down the stretch? Because I think they have put themselves in a pretty good position. But you know, does Arkansas make a late push? To, does anything get complicated here with uh, with the home state factor? You sometimes can see that in some of these battles, and it's hey, especially a kid that that's been committed to Arkansas before. Um, but this one this one has felt like it's kind of trending Tennessee's way uh, for the, for the past few weeks. So I and and maybe longer really. I think even since his visit to Knoxville back in early April. I think the Vols have been, you know, right at the top of his list probably. So it's a, it's a good setup for Tennessee. As you said, he would be a perfect back to, to, to pair with Peyton Lewis in a lot of ways. Cause he is a really big kid. Um, he, he, I've mentioned before, he, I, I was told that he weighed in at over 250 pounds during his official visit to Tennessee. He's a big, big kid. Even last year when he went to one of Tennessee's camps at the end of the summer, he was uh, he he weighed in at 241 at that camp going into his junior season. So he, and he carries the weight well. That's that's the impressive part. You know, you saw him. He's uh, he's not he's not a sloppy kid that needs to drop 30 pounds. He's just kind of a naturally big kid, kind of like Khalifa Keith, the guy they've already got on the roster who just arrived in late May. Uh, so that would be a, a another nice power back. And and the interesting thing about Braylon Russell. He kind of considers himself a good catching back, you know, with really soft hands, a versatile guy for a, for a guy that weighs that much. So that's, that's the impressive part about him. Not just a, you know, Ron Dane or whatever, you know, whatever, uh, analogy you might want to come up with for a, for a big power guy who's a little more of a one dimensional runner. He considers himself a little more versatile and a very good pass catcher. So, um, would be a nice pickup for Tennessee if they can win that one. They've got to hold on for another 10 days or so, but. That one's coming up on July 14 and certainly worth watching uh, with the Vols being in pretty good shape right now. He looks like a traditional eye formation back, but I, I think if if Tennessee's offense that, that does not run the traditional eye formation is is willing to uh, to bring him in and use him in the way that we've seen Tennessee use running backs the last two seasons, I, I, I think that he can, he, he can pick them up and, and put them down and, and catch it out of the backfield. Uh, just fine. So uh, th- that'll be a fun one to watch for if Tennessee uh, can eventually land him on the 14th. It's going to be a busy week or so here on the recruiting trail, and uh, it's only going to set up for an extremely busy July, and we will preview the rest of July after this break. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the GoBalls247.com podcast. I'm Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan, recapping the month of June and previewing the month of July here on the pod today uh, because it is busy times on the recruiting trail. And before we continue our conversation, would take a, like to take a minute to encourage you to take a minute out of your day to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan, before we preview the rest of the month of July, I, I think we do need to go back and uh, put a bow on Tennessee's busy final official visit weekend that uh, I believe had 15 official visitors and, and 10 or so were, were uncommitted. Uh, and we need to put a bow on that because it ties in to previewing the rest of July. We, we mentioned a couple of those names. I think for me, the, the thing that stood out, aside from the simple fact that Tennessee had a great weekend, I, I thought it was a big success. I think at the end of the day, when we look back on who was here, I think it will have proven to be a big success. Uh, but the the thing that really stands out to me, uh, kind of looking back on it, is what Tennessee did at receiver. Uh, it, it feels like they solidified things with Mike Matthews. And, and that's not to say that Mike Matthews is, is done and in the bag for Tennessee, but I, I think that they're, they're in as great of a position as they can be. Uh, and, and then Braylon Staley was not here for an official visit that weekend. Uh, he was here for his official the week prior, which I believe was the 16th uh, this weekend of the 23rd when everybody else was here. It, it's the makings of a, a really strong receiver class if, if they can finish it off. Braylon Staley, I, I really like what he can bring to the table. And then if you're able to to get Mike Matthews in the boat, if you're able to get Amari Jefferson, who it, it looks like they had a really, really great weekend with as well. I mean, those are three receivers right there that, that you sign up for all day, every day. And then there's still the potential of Ryan Wingo and and who knows who, who else may pop up before true national signing day in, in February. I mean, there's a, a long time to go before then as well. So I think aside from ju it just simply being a great weekend overall, that official visit weekend, I, I think what stood out to me was the work that they were able to do at the receiver position. For, for sure. And, the, and and those recruitments, those, those two specifically, Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson, are going to go a long way toward determining how good of a month this is for Tennessee or how, how good of a summer run, I should say, because there's a chance one or both of those guys could carry things into August. Uh, that, that's something important to keep in mind. We, we think those guys are maybe likely to make decisions by the end of the month, but both of them look like they're trending toward late July, early August kind of decisions. So don't, don't look for anything very soon in all likelihood uh, from either of them. But um, you know, the, what's really interesting about those Mike Matthews and, and I, and I've felt that Tennessee has been in pretty good shape uh, for, for a little while with him. And still think they're probably the team in the best shape going into the final weeks here. But the interesting thing about that one is none of the main four contenders seem to think they're out of it. 
all of them seem to think they still have a shot. There's still enough optimism on USC's end that even though the distance isn't working in their favor, you can't rule them out. No one on, on, you know, close to Tennessee or, or Georgia seems to think that Clemson's the team to beat, but Clemson still feels good about him. Georgia, there was some talk last week. Georgia thinks they're maybe hanging around in that one. And there's not been a whole lot of speculation for months that he was going to stay in state. But now we're hearing that Georgia maybe doesn't think they're out of it. So that one still has the potential to get really interesting down the stretch. So I'll, I'll caution people on that. If you're looking for, for, if you're, if you're kind of seeing the sunshine and expecting a rain cloud to pop up down the stretch because, because that happens sometimes in recruiting. Just know that that possibility is maybe out there for Mike Matthews, but that Tennessee, I think, still at the moment in the best shape, if I had to say, based on everything I've, I've continued to gather. Um, Amari Jefferson, that one, you know, we made no secret going into the official visit that Alabama was the team to beat for him at that time. I think there's a lot more optimism about Amari Jefferson from, from Tennessee's end coming out of that official visit more than a week ago. Still think Tennessee has some work to do to get that one across the finish line. It's, it's a, it's a much better looking situation and a much better setup for Tennessee going into these final weeks. Um, most likely final weeks, I should say, you know, at different times he's talked about carrying that one into the season right now. I don't think he's leaning toward doing that, but that's always a, a possibility if he still feels torn or wants to take one more official visit, but it's, it's mostly been Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia. He's already taken those official visits. So I think he'll go ahead and do something before the, the, the start of his senior season, most likely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Tennessee and Alabama pretty much, uh, by all indications, Alabama still a very serious threat to Tennessee in that one. If I had to say, you know, a week ago, I still, I still maybe thought Alabama was, was, uh, perhaps the slight favorite still even coming off the Tennessee official visit. But I think Tennessee has kept battling there, kept chipping away. It's, it's really close. So I, I think that one's going to be the, maybe the most interesting one to watch in a lot of ways. Uh, assuming something something uh, doesn't get a little weird with Mike Matthews, but both of those, man, I mean, those are key. Tennessee's kind of you, you you mentioned it. it's a big need. You got Braylon Staley in the boat. That was a big one to to get a really good player there. But you know that so much has been invested into Mike Matthews, Ryan Wingo, and Amari Jefferson. That if Tennessee strikes out on one or both of those guys in, in Jefferson and Matthews, it, it's it's going to be tough because Tennessee really you know, hasn't left itself with too many backup plans at that position. And that's a big, big need where they really could use some big time talents to come in and, and give them some immediate help. What else stands out to you uh, about the month of July coming up? We've already covered so, so much, especially kind of what's going down uh, that we know of as of right now. I'm, I'm sure other things will pop up and heck, I'm, I'm sure something will pop up by the end of today on Monday when we are recording this um, but what else stands out to you about the, the rest of the month of July? Uh, I, I know that they have that big recruiting weekend um, at the end when things open back up right before fall camp. And, and we can end on that note, but kind of anything in the middle that, that we haven't really discussed yet. I know Edwin Spillman, uh, I brought his name up earlier. Uh, he, he's somebody who could end up uh, making a mid-July decision. Yeah, I, I think that one is, is uh, as of the latest uh, I, I've heard from, from Edwin Spillman, I think he's likely to, to make a decision probably around mid-July. It could be a little bit after mid-July, but sometime around that uh, most likely. And, and you know, that one's, I think, for a while been shaping up pretty well for Tennessee. 
Um, and, and, you know, it's a Tennessee, Ohio state battle essentially. So I, he might announce a final two at some point, not, not sure if that will happen, but uh, I, I think that one's clearly between the balls and the Buckeyes after he canceled his Georgia official visit, you know, Florida state also got an official visit, but I don't, I don't see him ending up there. So, you know, th- this one's been interesting and in, just in the sense that Ohio state has always been there. They've recruited him heavily for a long time. But there, there are just so many reasons Tennessee makes a lot of sense, and it obviously starts with his brother, Nate Spillman, who, who just arrived at Tennessee, the freshman wide receiver, being there, the chance for those two guys to, to play together. It, it's, it's tough to envision them passing up that opportunity, um, but he's always liked Ohio State too, so you never, you never say never, and, and crazier things have happened, but, but there are a lot of things pointing in Tennessee's direction, and he's obviously spent more time at Tennessee than any other school over the past couple of years. So. I uh, think that one shapes up well for Tennessee, but again, they've got to get it across the finish line because I don't think it's done, done just yet. Um, and then, you know, circling back real quick too on, on Amari Jefferson, don't want people to think that Tennessee, you know, I, 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 we might get questions about how I described that one. Don't want anyone to think Tennessee's like still trailing, trying to make up ground. I just think it's much more of a battle now. If I was projecting in that one, I still think there's a real chance Tennessee wins out. But that's projecting a little bit. They've still got to get some things done, I think, and, and that went over the next few weeks to to sort of overcome Alabama. And these are the kinds of battles that you have a lot of times this time of year. It's just it's just going to be a a a real fight down the stretch, I think. And Alabama is not conceding anything, so that's why I, I caution people that that one's definitely not over yet. Um, some of the other guys to watch this month: Kai Bates, um, the four-star cornerback out of Florida, could be one to watch. Before the end of July, you know, we'll, we'll see what his timeline looks like. He was one that at one point had talked about taking things into the season after his official visit to Tennessee. He had said he might be ready by late July, early August, but that didn't sound like a sure thing. But he, even if he does make a summer decision, it's probably probably going to be more toward the end of the month or early August. Um, so we'll, we'll see if anything changes with him. But that's a mainly Tennessee LSU battle, I believe. There initially wasn't a, uh, an overwhelming amount of optimism from LSU's end coming out of that official visit there, but they're, they're not conceding that one. So still a bit of a battle, but Tennessee is actually in pretty decent shape as of the recording of this podcast um, with Kai Bates, and, and we'll see how long that one goes. But it's one that could wrap up this summer. Um, Bennett Warren is a big one. We don't know exactly when he's going to make his decision. We talked about him earlier, but that one could be in theory, anytime this month, or he could carry it into August a little bit. He definitely wants to do it before his season starts. But can anyone else convince him to maybe take another visit in late July? Or will he need more time to think about it? We don't know exactly the timeline on that one just yet. Uh, and then some of the other guys who could announce decisions um, this month, you know, we touched on Mike Matthews and Amari Jefferson. Um, there's some other guys who are you know not likely to end up at Tennessee who who could make decisions this month, like Williams, Wanary, if, if, if the five-star defensive lineman from, uh, from Missouri was to make a decision this month, he's probably not going to end up at Tennessee as of right now. That one's trending a little more toward Georgia with Oklahoma being the main competition, probably. Um, we don't know the timeline for five-star edge rusher Jordan Ross. That's one that looks like it might go a little farther. He's talked about even waiting till December or February, potentially announcing a silent commitment at some point, but not announcing a decision until late in the year or close to or close to early signing day, at least. Um, and that's one where he's already planning to take official visits in late July or, or unofficial visits, I should say, in late July. So he probably won't make a decision this month, it looks like, as of right now. Kamarion Franklin, five-star defensive lineman, another one that's been a Tennessee-Miami battle, a really close one. 
And another one where he's going to take some visits. It looks like at the end of this month, he's already talking about going back to Miami uh, and then also visiting Auburn again in late July. So that's one that the timeline's still up in the air. He could take things into the season. He could do something before his season. And even if he does, it could be August. So we'll have to wait and see what he decides to do, but he has continued to leave his timeline for a decision open. And it's, uh, you know, I'd say Miami's felt pretty good about its chances recently, but Tennessee, Certainly not out of that one just yet. Uh, and, and I think they'll continue to fight pretty hard for, for Kamarion Franklin with some of the, some of their top defensive line targets. Uh, having fallen off the board, he's still one of their best chances to get uh, a really highly ranked guy at that position. So those are some of the others, other ones we're watching. You know, we'll, we'll see what else might happen this, this month, but there could be some others. Um, Tylen Singleton will be another one interesting to, to watch at the end of the month. He's going to visit Tennessee in late July. Supposed to be visiting LSU again after, and I think he'll probably make a decision not too long after that, but that could be in early August. So some moving parts, obviously, as there always are this time of year, but still several more that are likely to announce decisions at least by mid-August. So if you're waiting to see kind of how things play out and and sort of how the summer went for Tennessee, you might have to sort of sit back and check check back in August 10th or August 15th, you know, see – see how things have gone by then. All of this isn't guaranteed to happen in July, but certainly a lot of dominoes will fall by the end of the month. Any early thoughts before we get out of here on the end of month cookout that Tennessee will have, uh, I guess, July 28th or so that, that last weekend before we get into fall camp in August. Yeah, I believe it's July 29th. It's that Saturday, whatever that date is. Uh, I believe the 29th sounds right. And, uh, but they, they will, they will have a, a cookout as a, as a lot of schools will have events that weekend. It's sort of the, there's one week where players can take visits and it's, it's uh, July 25th through July 31st before the start of the August dead period that sort of allows players and college coaches to focus on their preseason practices. So no visits happen during the month of August. So that one week is, is kind of important to, to get one last visit from a lot of guys. If there are any uncommitted targets, you know, uh, some of the guys we mentioned before, you know, Kai Bates, Bennett Warren, Kamarion Franklin, uh, Jordan Ross, you know, th- those guys that, that might not be committed at that point, we certainly could see them pop up on some campuses, whether it, whether it's Tennessee's or elsewhere, uh, that could impact their decisions. We, we obviously know that Jordan Ross and Kamarion Franklin are planning to take visits in late July. We'll see if any others pop up. Tylen Singleton, I just mentioned, will be at Tennessee that week at some point. But, you know, will any of those guys be at the cookout that Saturday? Don't know about that just yet. We'll have to kind of wait and see. But Tennessee at least hoping to to get maybe one or two of those guys, if they are uncommitted, back on campus in late July. And then, you know, the the, the focus of that cookout last year and, and this year probably will be the same, will be mostly underclassmen. Uh, you you kind of get a chance to to establish yourself as an early front runner or early contender for some some in-state tar- targets and and out-of-state targets that you're already involved with. That This is where, you know, he decommitted later, obviously, but this is where Tennessee kind of established itself as an early favorite for, for Mazio Bennett, the, the four-star receiver who later committed to the Vols and decommitted and ended up at our, uh, South Carolina. But you, you can see some benefits from from those summer cookout-type events for sure, and it, it, we'll, we'll find out throughout the month exactly which players end up at that event for, for Tennessee. But I would expect the focus to be, primarily underclassmen, you know, mostly rising juniors, uh, maybe a few rising sophomores in there. But uh, but we'll we'll see if any 2024 targets end up back at Tennessee this uh, at the end of this month. And certainly we know 
with Tylen Singleton. That will obviously be a very important visit for Tennessee around the end of this month. I think July 26th and 27th or, or somewhere around there will be when Tennessee hosts him before he heads back home and visits LSU before, uh, before probably entering decision mode. So that one, uh, that one will be worth watching and we'll, we'll keep a close eye over the next few weeks, obviously on, on what targets might end up visiting Tennessee for that cookout on July 29th. Boy, is it going to be a busy month. And boy, am I excited that I am not the main recruiting guy at GoVols247.com. <laughs> Ryan, how can the good people keep up with your work all month long? Yeah, lot, lots to keep track of. And you'll definitely want to, uh, again, check back in every day on the site because it is that time of year when things are just happening a lot. You know, with the way you used to track recruiting in the month of January, probably years ago, that that's kind of, that's what July has become. So if, if you're uh, not not kind of adjusted to that yet. That's uh, you, you might want to be thinking that way and definitely check back in every day on GoVols247.com. Uh, you can sign up right now for a dollar for your first month. Great time to check out the site and uh, and get all the updates on all of these guys as they move closer to decisions. And again, I think it's going to be a pretty good month for Tennessee. Will it be a pretty good month or a really good month? You know, it's going to de- depend on how a few of these announcements go. But definitely think there's going to be a lot of news over the next four weeks or so and, and probably even into early August uh, as these guys get ready for their senior season. So check back throughout the month and get all the all the latest. But as as we've covered in this podcast, definitely a lot to watch and we'll have it all covered for you at GoVols 24-7. For Ryan Callahan, I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the GoVols 24-7 podcast. There's that button. And now I can say... Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. 
And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.